Hello my dear church boys and welcome back to yet another episode of St. Robert's Day Game Podcast and in this podcast episode I am talking to a guy who went from being a geeky virgin to sleeping with the first girl ever and then to getting 50 lays, exploring BDSM, participating in orgies, swinger parties and many other crazy adventures. This podcast episode is going to be audio only because as oftentimes it is with me interviewing people about their crazier adventures, people do prefer to stay anonymous. But before we start, as always, a few updates about where I am, what's happening, etc. Well, pretty soon, because autumn is approaching, I will be leaving Europe. I'm going to Mexico and then to US and then again to Argentina for a few months. Uh, Bad news or good news for me are that all the coaching spots in Europe are completely sold out, but I will be in the US in a few months and I will have three to four coaching spots available there. So if you are interested in learning the game in field with me in the US, then click on a link in the description to find out more about coaching and fill the form at the bottom and I'll get back with all the details, the cities I'm going to visit, prices, dates, and everything else and these are the only news so we can get straight down to the podcast episode let's go so let's start with how did you get into the game well uh it's quite an interesting story uh i guess a bit of a background i grew up as a literal church boy when i went to church and everything so <laughs> been there done that and i obviously i got out of it uh, in my early 20s or took a pause or whatever but had no idea of how to approach girls but still tried different bullshit that people told me obviously nothing much worked then i met wait what did you try what did i try i mean just you know social circles shit hoping that girls will notice me because I'm this cool guy that knows about personal development or does filming or I don't know sports or some other stuff you know mm-hmm. typical bullshit okay uh, and then uh, after a couple of years of no success there I met this uh, lovely guy named Roberts who was back then uh, good and honest uh, personal development coach for businesses or something like that. Wait, didn't we meet at one of the seminars or like a business class? I was yeah, yeah in like exactly. Working space and shit. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Oh yeah, it was me and the Lithuanian guy and we were going for a walk and you were walking with us and exactly. that's how we started talking about that. Okay. Because you guys were uh, going for sets. I was like, hey, I can do some push-ups. <laughs> and then I see you approach a girl, you come back, a Lithuanian guy. Approaches a girl, comes back, hey, I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, long story short, uh, obviously I was interested. You were just starting your coaching career, as I understood. And uh, then I think we had two sessions, not far from each other. That gave me like a kick in the ass, so to say. And that's how my uh, lovely day game journey began. So you, you, you said that uh, before we started recording, uh, you said that you ended your re- religious part of your life with your first ever lay. So how old were you when you got your first ever lay and, and what's the story of that? Was it uh, a nun that used you or maybe it was a priest? I don't know. Well, uh, basically something like that. Yeah, because uh, I was still doing this social circle uh, bullshit. I mean, I didn't know how to use it, so I was in one of those, par- in like Erasmus party or something. 
and one uh, foreign girl just took advantage of my innocent self. <laughs> Basically, I was half as drunk and I actually needed a place to stay in Riga and she offered me, oh, you can stay at my place, blah, blah, blah. And then she literally did everything in uh, my place short of putting it inside. How, how, how cute was she? Was she cute or...? Uh, mm, she wasn't a monster that I cried in the shower afterwards, but she definitely wasn't a girl that even in that period I wanted to see again. <laughs> but you, you got your first lane, she, she took care of it nice. So from there we met, we, we started to do, we did a bit of coaching, you started going out. How was your day game progressing? What was happening in, in, your, li in, in your life of day game? Right, right. Actually, it was pretty, well, ups and downs, because obviously it was great that uh, I started day game with proper introduction from you and understood the structure. It was quite good because at that time there was quite, I mean, I would say decent community in Riga with the wings. You can go out to it, talk about stuff, but uh, it was up and down for me because uh, I was going out for maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Then work came or some other bullshit happened and I stopped going out and, you know, the leads went cold. But yeah, I mean, I was going out, I doing sets, not problem with AA, getting some numbers, getting some dates, but no real results besides makeouts. So my first actual day game life happened only after a year, more or less a year after coaching. Well, that's not bad because uh, as, as I said you when I said, when I told you, let's do a podcast, you are a specific type of dude. Like we could call you nerdy. We could like, we could, I, I don't know how to, how to describe it, but you like, you know that you have a specific type of personality. You're not the most uh, socially adopt person. If you, if you look at some extroverts who are like really good with people from and I'm not mean, I don't mean anything bad with this. This is that this is vice versa because I think you're a great example of a guy who comes from that background that isn't the most kind of the best with people, and and still uh, you got really really good results uh, with girls. Maybe not from day game, but you found something that works for you. You you discover what you actually are into. You've done a lot of experiments. You, well, we're gonna talk about yellow fever and everything else. If if that's is that racist? No. If, if it is racist, I, I I apologize. I did not know, uh, but I don't think it is. So don't 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 kill me. Uh, and uh, so when you were going out with with the wings and Riga, you you sent me. You told me to ask about the importance of having the right kind of wings, and you have some thoughts about it and some experience with it. Yeah, because I mean, you have mentioned over and over in your podcasts and materials that, you know, the right kind of wings is a very, very important stuff. Because I mean, I also, uh, there's always guys that take action and there's guys that talk about taking action, right? And in Riga, we have had both that you just end up walking two hours around and talking about the game, how you're going to approach, how you're going to fuck the girls, basically a lot of mental masturbation. And then there's uh, the other kind of wings that just go out. Maybe you chat for like five minutes and then, you know, one approach, second approach, and he's there approaching, for example. And you're like, I'm not going to stand there with my dick in hand and looking at him. I want to approach as well. Are you still hanging out with the wings that you used to hang out with? Well, that has changed as well, because, well, 
obviously you just as with friends and social circle you keep people that you know help you improve or that is fun to hang out with stuff like that so obviously there are some people that are still well day gaming but one when, when they see you on the street or they ask hey let's go for some day game you're like uh, i have like 100 other things to do yeah, because when when I was, uh, I I think I told you once explicitly, like I once ex I think I messaged you and it's like, listen, dude, you're just hanging out with the wrong people. And several times when I said it in the podcast that I see guys that that are doing technically the right things, but they keep hanging out with the wrong wrong wings. I mean, I was talking about you, and I think I explicitly once told you that dude, like, stop hanging out with these people, like who have terrible game who are not adding any value to, to you when you are out with them and start hanging out with other people. And now I've seen you on the streets with other guys that I've coached from Riga. Um, and uh, I, I see that your results are slowly getting better and I know that their results are getting better. And, and, and then the one guy that you're hanging out with, he was struggling a lot when he started, but now like he posted a postal air report here, postal air report there. So this guy also started getting to get late. And I see you all with him quite a bit. Uh, and, and with some other, with another guy who has been on my podcast who started together with Batman. Um, okay. Um, so what's up with, with the consistency? Are you going out regularly now? Or cause you said uh, you have, you don't have a lot of day game plays. You have, uh, five day game lays, but uh, around 50 lays total. And you said that your biggest uh, challenge is being consistent enough with day game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, it's still an issue. Uh, it's getting better overall. Like this week, it's only middle of the week and it's 35 sets and counting. So, but yeah, it depends a lot from time to time, but it's more conscious that I know it's priority and I try to get 25, 30 sets per week, no matter what else is happening. Okay, very good. So it seems that that is solved. By the way, one thing I wanted to ask you, when I saw you in Old Town a few days back when we ran into each other when I was coaching the New Zealand guys, um, you changed your style. You you were dressing, uh, your style used to be according to your kind of geeky persona, but now you look, look very dapper. <laughs> now you look at, now, it looks like you, you put some thought into it. Uh, what has been the effects of that on your baking results? Well, you're making me blush, my, my, my. But uh, I mean, honestly, it's not like I have noticed the uh, whole, like, like the before and after effect. It hasn't been that huge in results per se. It's more about self-confidence itself that you look in the mirror. It's like, hey, that dude looks hot and uh, th then it gives you more confidence to approach to be more ballsy to go for same day lace or some other adventures and you had a same day lay recently i did i did was it your first same day lay it, it actually was to be honest and that was a uh, well you know very lovely experience with ukrainian tourists that i showed the beautiful city of riga and the excursion ended ended uh, with uh, exhibition in my pants <laughs> but i mean it was it was it was actually funny because she said well after sex sometimes you know you ask oh when did you decide to sleep with me etc etc she said oh when i saw you on the street you look good you talk good and she was like hey if something happens happens i'm open to it 
Exactly. So welcome to the club. This sounds, sounds very nice. <laughs> and uh, you told me that you had some problems with log logistics and you had to adjust your structure a little bit because of that. Mm -hmm. True, true. Uh, because, you know, the classic model is like you meet a girl, then it's like five, ten minutes the first venue, spend like half an hour, hour. Five, ten minutes the first venue? What do you mean? Like you meet uh, at the point X, the girl. Oh, then you the, walk. To then the you walk to the venue first, right? Mm -hmm. Spend like half an hour, hour, etc. Then you walk five, ten minutes to the next venue, spend X amount of time there, and then you see the new pool. Uh, I have, uh, well, I don't have great logistics, I don't have terrible. I'm living like, well, let's say 20 minutes from the center where all the bars and shit is, shit like that is, but I... 20 minutes walking or public transport? Walking, walking, okay, walking. That's, that's totally fine. Yeah, because I mean, in the beginning I had the idea, oh, it's, it's more than 10 minutes, I'm screwed, but then I was like, hey, let's, uh, then I didn't say the girl, I said to the girl, hey, let's go to this cool park. You, and most of the people don't know about it or they have maybe some um, some 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 uh, prejudice because it's it used to be a shady part of town now it's which, one of which the which park is that uh maskashka like miradars that is that near the, the mall shopping center uh no that is more like you know there through the street you go to mm. the other side of the railway and then there's the miradars yeah yeah next so, to the church Exactly like that. Church, church, yeah. Okay. Three churches or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. But anyway, girls usually haven't been there. We do supposedly this small excursion, and I end up going. Uh, I end up skipping venue one. I do the walk. We go through my apartment to get some drinks, a blanket or something. We sit hour in the park or something, and then I pull back home. So, I mean, because of, uh, I have some bars, but they are not very well logistically near me. So I have adjusted structure because I, of that. When I started day gaming, I actually used to live next to the park. <laughs> no shit. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, there, there have been some adventures near, near there and then definitely some pools. Uh, my first ever day game pool was to an, to an apartment uh, near the park, actually. That's, yeah, that's where I pulled my first ever Dagon girl. Uh, not proud of, of, of the quality. <laughs> but it was the first. Uh, it was the first that they counted. <laughs> I did everything by the book. They, they said, I said, go to a store, get some snacks, take her by the hand and then walk home. And when she asks where you're going, you just say, we're going to my place. Uh, the snack was oranges. <laughs> uh, I took her by the hand, we walked. She asked, where are we going? I took to my place. She didn't didn't even bat an eye and boom we were at my place and 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 yes uh, when you started day gaming you actually pretty soon after started traveling uh, also because you decided to do this nomadic thing even i think before i started it you said fuck this i'm going to southeast asia uh, you had done some some you, you've done a few cities you've done london you've done kiev so let's talk about your day game travel adventures mm. where do you want to start I mean, I guess London is a better starting point. It was, uh, well, I started coaching with you, if I'm not wrong, in the summer of 2018, something like that. Be, yeah. Yeah. Most, yeah. Yeah, most likely. That's when I started coaching four years ago. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I was doing some, uh, well, st uh, work stuff that I needed to go abroad and I sp was spending one month in London that year. 
not, not 2018, but the next one, 2019. But my, I still haven't gotten a day game lay, and I would say my game was pretty shit. But uh, you know, London is uh, either you love it or you hate it because there's like it's like a candy store. You go in and there's like everything, big like Asians, Europeans, Americans, Latinas, etc., etc. But you need to have you know stronger game, proper stop, know your opener, your stacks, etc. So the girl otherwise leaves after like twenty seconds, and so it was like. Uh, and the logistics, obviously, London is more expensive than Riga, where we're living. And I was staying at friend's place there because the day game wasn't the primary thing. I was sightseeing, I was working and then doing day game on the side because, fuck, obviously, I'm in London. And then my friends, they were away for extended weekend, like four or five days. And I knew if I would pull, it would be in that, that time frame. So I went out every day and did literally like 20, 30 sets at this like great big big shopping mall and outside of it and me after like four or five days well i i got some numbers i got some dates but uh, unfortunately no lay but day four day five i was like fuck i want to jump off a bridge this is <laughs> this is too much but, but in your head it's like i need to do it i need to do it i need to do it uh fun times okay uh where, where was the next day in crypto you spent a month there and, and you, you yeah. hit a few other places. Yeah, yeah, that's when the real nomadic uh, life started. I went uh, that winter to Southeast Asia, end of 2019. It was actually after I got my first day game lay as well. So got that under my belt, got some confidence and uh, yellow fever, uh, well, as you said before, it's not a racist thing because, well, there's two meanings. One thing, there is the, you know, sickness, yellow fever, you need to get uh, shots for yeah, that. that's popular for Southeast Asia. <laughs> exactly. But uh, the other thing is that, you know, when you, as a foreigner, like European, American, go there, you either get yellow, yellow fever or not. It's uh, basically if you love the petite, nice, small Asian girls or you hate them. But you only can understand by being there on the spot. So in my case, unfortunately, I was the second, uh, second person. I went on a date, I fucked Asian girls. They were like these feminine, cute little things that just did everything you asked, but they were very boring at the same time because I had multiple occasions. The girl just lays on the bed like a starfish and she's like, oh, do everything you want to me. And it's fun, like one, two times, but then, then you're like, fuck, I want something that moves that uh, says something during the sex so yeah that that in that whole context i understood that uh asians is not for me and i don't have the yellow fever bug <laughs> i haven't been to that part of the world yet but uh i definitely want to go it's it's a part of the world i want to explore this winter i'm still gonna be spending in latin america i'm gonna be in in argentina for a few months until the end of january probably and then i'm thinking about either spending a few more months in mexico or or doing brazil but the next winter, I am actually thinking about spending quite a bit of time in Asia, most likely. Uh, okay, so other day game trips. Where else have you been? What what else has happened? Uh, I was also in uh, before the whole uh, war started and everything. Uh, uh, fuck Putin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck you, Putin. <laughs> fuck you, Putin. Exactly. Fuck you. Like that. Because you fucked up my favorite, one of my favorite cities in the world. 
Exactly. Actually, mine too. I, Not Kiev. Fuck Kiev. Uh, Kiev is good, man. <laughs> especially when we're gonna talk about, especially when we're gonna talk about more naughty things, man. It's one of oh, the best places so ever. I was Kiev. But I mean, it was really, it was a mix. It was like really good and really bad at the same time because, as you also have mentioned, like the quality of girls is like fucking amazing. Like just models walking around. But of course, there's the Slavic mentality and it's also very conservative. So actually seeing the girl, approaching the girl, getting her number, getting on a date and then sleeping, it's like completely different stages. And uh, for me, I maybe in your city it was less, but in especially in Kiev, it was like very, very much sugar babies that you either met to day game or some other uh, means. They were a lot of time, hey, you know, I know this great restaurant, this great cafe, we should definitely go there. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, honey, uh, tell me what was the name of it. I will check it out. I, I, I Google the place, open up the menu and I see, oh, a salad cost 50 euros, a drink cost 100 euros. Yeah, so those are scam bars. Yeah, I talked about this with Bobby Kramer, and he said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, "Oh, I know all the places, and if they if they name the place, you're like, yeah, okay, we're done here. Bye." True, true. But I mean, it was a very also like great quality, and once you got past all the bullshit and kind of broke the girl's frame, then there was those nice, lovely, obedient creatures that can then that want to please you, do everything for you, blah, blah, blah. So it was, it was a great, great experience. So. And that's the, that's the beauty of, of Ukraine. And, and well, uh, why Kiev had this, uh, this myth uh, of, of being this amazing day game locations where you can meet amazing girls is because they are very receptive on the street they easily give their numbers and and you can easily 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 get dates with them but then going from date to lay that's a whole different thing so so guys would go to ukraine and they would they would go on dates with these amazing girls but and then they would go home and they would tell everyone else oh my god like i met these crazy hotties and it was it was so easy to go on dates with them yes but those guys did not get laid with them most of them went on dates but didn't get laid it's super easy to get dates in in ukraine but but going from that to getting laid it's a whole different topic that uh, i covered on several podcasts last summer about about day game in ukraine because the first podcast was about how we were completely getting destroyed and i had been on seven first dates without getting laid and then a month in i went from there to completely crushing like destroying and i i got to like one layout of like 25 opens or something like that Jesus. in Ukraine. It was it was crazy, uh, and it, it just came it just came down to to being able to adapt to to this new environment. Mm. Plus, um, obviously, the rush, the language barrier. If you speak Russian, it's gonna be pretty well outside of Kiev. Yes. Yeah, but even there, I mean, I went there with an idea that oh, I'm gonna learn. I I had some basic Russian. I could do a set and date with some headache but could still could do it but i had an idea we'll go there for a couple of months work remotely and learn russian because right going on dates etc but the girls there they wanted really to learn english so their desire to learn english 
was much bigger than my Russian desire. Okay. So let's move from day game to let's move from day game to BDSM. How did you get into into the whole BDSM scene? How mm-hmm. did that happen? Well, uh, I was in uh, Asia, in Vietnam to be specific, and uh, as uh, we talked before, there was the situation with you know the starfish girls that did nothing in the bed. And it was getting quite frustrating, to be honest. And so I started to look what, are, what other options are out there, because obviously one thing is to date foreigners, which I did as well, but there's also limited supply, especially since it was the beginning of the pandemic, etc. So I discovered a thing called well, BDSM, and there's this uh, website called uh, FetLife, basically a Facebook for kinky people, as they say. And as it happened, I was in one of the big cities at that point in uh, Saigon in Vietnam and like 10 million plus like London, give or take. And thankfully the BDSM scene was pretty active there. So they had like events where you could just go and meet people that are in the community, talk with them, drink some beers, eat some food. Like Like uh, munches? Like munches, yeah munches open hours stuff like that and well it's i found out that they actually don't bite when they first see you only if you ask nicely <laughs> and, but it was great yeah because you saw the people how, what they're doing they were very open about their sexuality their fetishes their kinks etc and i was like hey i really want to get into this because it's much more interesting than just you know regular sex how were they yeah uh viewing you as as a single guy showing up to a munch how, how receptive were, the, were they to that well i know that in some other places they maybe have some stigmas about it but uh one big factor was that i was foreigner because you know you are basically uh i know a shiny pig <laughs> a walking cash machine for most but just a status symbol but i mean overall they were pretty open to it uh, and not if it was because of the foreign factor or just because they were welcoming new people and the whole community was run by foreigners themselves and the local vietnamese mostly girls but also some guys who were like a secondary following positions but yeah it was pretty easy they were welcoming and pretty easy to get into the community they start also and also when you you know show that you're a normal person, you're not a creep, etc, etc, then you get to invited to some more fun events. So how did you go from your first kind of informal meeting, like a munch on open doors, to to actually participating in BDSM orgies and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I spent, uh, after I discovered BDSM in Vietnam, uh, spent a couple months there, but uh, the first real, let's say, hands-on experience was when I came back to Latvia and I discovered there's this lovely community here as well. Uh, as it seems with everything that, you know, you just need to search in the right places. But yeah, they also were pretty uh, welcoming. Also went to the munch, get to know the people, then start, invite, start being invited to some more private events. And I was at this one, uh, what is it called, play party, where basically people show up, some people bring their favorite toys, uh, come with some more, you know, kinky outfits, etc. And it's like free for all, like, um, it, it's not like everyone comes in the door naked and starts fucking in the first five minutes, <laughs> which would be fun as well. 
but it's more like people you know hang out they drink drink something eat something and then slowly start to getting some people do ropes some do impact play candles electricity etc etc and you never know how it's gonna turn out sometimes it might be just you know some mild vanilla stuff other times it might be the craziest orgy you haven't, haven't ever seen in a porn and it was in one of these parties that uh, it just started casually there were some games there were some ropes then uh, it was still while the flame hell was in in town and then you know he just took out his dick one girl started sucking it then another joined and it was like a room of maybe like 15 20 people and soon after everyone was fucking everyone and then he started sucking it <laughs> uh well not me <laughs> no kink shaming but that's uh, not for me sure not my type of sausage um okay well um so how was it transitioning from from being um, this sort of shy inexperienced guy to to this, to, to, to this new persona that you discovered the, the, the other the other side of you that you discovered how was the transition it's actually i think pretty easy because there was like the I think community had a big factor in it that you can just go there, you can uh, meet other like-minded people and try out different things that you have fetishes for, like ropes, uh, hitting girls, playing with candles, with fire, with, I don't know, everything that comes into mind. You're not this, you know, weird guy at home trying to convince your girl or partner, oh, I saw this on the internet, it should be fun, <laughs> right? But it was actually pretty interesting because like there was this my first day game lay that I got back in 20, uh, late 2019 and I started getting more into BDSM like uh, late 2020, 2021 and I was still seeing that girl after I came back from Asia and at first when I started seeing her it was yeah it's you know I have a girl I can fuck she well we did it all natural all good but then when I started getting into BDSM, I noticed that I like her like less and less and less because she was this nice, lovely Latvian dancer, vanilla girl that likes to do it, you know, like this in this lovely way without, you know, hitting, biting, choking, anything. But as I got more, more and more into that, I started getting less and less into her. But yeah, as I slow in that sense i slowly transformed from this uh, proper nice latvian guy to a still nice guy but th that likes to hit girls <laughs> nice guy likes to hit girls we have something in common <laughs> uh, well when people see you they don't think oh it's a nice guy <laughs> that's true that's just one thing that like annoys me that i, I try to like dress down and i try to like wear more white and and this is like positive colors but then i keep hearing from girls oh you fulfilled my viking fantasy i'm like oh my god will you shut the fuck up i've heard this for like 10 times it's so annoying to be i feel subjectified <laughs> oh my god you poor poor soul uh yeah so you got tired from from your regular you re you realize that there is a different you, you discovered a different uh, you discovered a different side of your personality. How did girls react to that? 
Well, it was pretty interesting because now I had this, well, uh, hidden box of surprises because I started also when I going to the, uh, when going to date, be that from day game social or some other sources, filtering out girls more uh, hardcore, like during the questions game asking about, oh, what's your like sexual fantasies? What do you think about Fifty Shades of Grey? Because I had uh, like way too many times when the girl is nice, she seems sexy, everything is good, but then you get to bedroom and she is fucking boring. I mean, you still fuck her, etc. You get the lay, but she's not into, you know, choking, hitting ropes, etc. etc. And, and I just know that I get bored of her after like two, three times, and it's like, okay, what's next? But it was also interesting that on the other side, there was uh, quite some girls that uh, during the questions game or some other time said that, oh, I'm tired of, you know, the vanilla guys, they don't cannot do everything, they're afraid to hit me too hard or they're gonna, you know, choke me to death or something. And when I hear something like that, I'm like, all right, we can work with this. <laughs> Honey, have you been tied up recently? <laughs> have you, uh, so you, have you discovered things that you've tried and you were like, nah, Fuck this, not doing this again. Well, to be honest, you know, in BDSM, ropes is a big thing for everyone, like Shibari and all of that. Uh, I under I uh, understood that from doing it, I just don't have the, I don't know, the love for it, the patience for it. I can do it if the girl really wants, but I much rather flip her over, take out my whips and beat the living hell out of her <laughs> in a con in conscientious control way So how did you move from BDSM to swinging? Because that was a whole different part of your journey. <laughs> oh yes, because I mean, it's on one hand, it kind of goes together on one, on the other hand, it's kind of different. Because there's also like there's a BDSM community in most places, and there's also a swinger community. And BDSM is more about uh, you know discovering your fetishes, right? Like we mentioned before, uh, and sex is uh, sex is there, but it's more optional. It's not always happening, right? Versus swinger, it's all about fucking, 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 right? And as I was discovering uh, BDSM, there was also some people told me about the swinger community in Latvia. And I was like, fuck, why the fuck not? And uh, so, yeah, I got into it, uh, thankfully, with the same regular that I had at first. It was interesting because she was vanilla girl, like anything BDSM related, no problem. At the same time, being fucked by, I don't know, 10 guys? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it was quite, uh, quite interesting getting in there, especially, you know, when we went to the first event, we, I don't know, we didn't know what the fuck to expect. I was going with two girls at the same time, same time, one the regular and one from BDSM circles that was curious as well. And we also thought, you know, you enter the room five minutes, everyone's naked and fucking and whatever. But it turned out they also have programs, social stuff, etc. So people don't get scared away. But still, end of the evening, we ended up in a bed with like 10 other people just fucking each other and changing the partners. And we were like, shit, this is actually happening in real life, not only in like porn movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. Uh, um, 
You, you said that uh, you, you sent me a message saying that uh, you had a girl who like wouldn't fuck you, but but wanted an orgy. <laughs> what's the, what's that story all about? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because well, in I mean, uh, yeah, there was this uh, one girl that. She's at my place, we're kissing, but she's giving me last minute resistance. No, 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 it's too fast, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want to see her again. Let's, you know, throw out some things. Oh, you know, and see if something sticks to the wall, right? Because there was maybe something kinky there, maybe not. I'm like, I'm going to this, you know, swinger party, you know, after a couple of days, blah, blah, blah. Have you tried anything like that? And boy, she lit the fuck up. She's like, oh my God, swingers, I have always wanted to try. Oh my God, oh my God, will you take me there? Like completely different person. Wait, once you started talking about that, did the token last minute resistance go away? That's the fun stuff. It didn't. <laughs> she didn't want to fuck me there. So I actually had the girl that I took that I went on a second date to a swinger party and fucked her for the first time only there. Okay. But, yeah. So, uh, if someone is listening uh, and is in the position where they tried a bit of day game and they, they still seem to be struggling after a few months of trying, maybe you have a few tips for them how to, how to get more lays, how to get from that first lay to 50 lays or, or at least to start doing better well i mean i would say that look at it as a, i like the you know when you have the day game structure you start understanding how it works the open the follow-up the closing etc you can use that uh in like every type of situation where you're interacting with girls uh like i like there's a theory about income like multiple streams of income right so you're not dependent on one salary or whatever I like to think the same thing with the girls as well. Basically, you take the day game structure and obviously you go out, have decent wins, get coaching, do it regularly, etc, etc. But then you take the same structure and apply it to all the other places you meet girls. Be that in a social circle, online dating, maybe some workplace stuff or wherever. Just understand that it's not only, you know, day game is this like holy box and outside of it, you cannot do anything, it's like you take the same things, you adjust it a bit and then you can still fuck girls wherever you meet. Okay, well I'm gonna tell you thanks a lot for doing this, uh, I hope guys learned a lot uh, and I hope this helps for guys that are starting in day game and trying to figure out how, what to do if, if it doesn't work over the first few months and maybe it opened the eyes of those guys to different opportunities, uh, different ways for meeting girls and different adventures they could be having. Thank you for doing this. Thanks, it was my pleasure. And uh, yeah, last thing that I want to say, you know, if you're doing day game, you have the balls to approach any hot girl anywhere. Why the fuck not try something like swingers, BDSM or whatever else you're into, right? What's the worst that can happen? Well, that's it, guys. But one more thing before you go. If you want to make sure you're not missing any important videos, podcasts, or projects that I'm putting out, make sure you are on my mailing list. Uh, for example, one thing you could have missed is I'm starting a group weekly accountability calls program for five guys 
where five guys will be doing weekly calls where uh, experienced good day gamer will help them get to 25 sets in a week and stay accountable, stay consistent, go out all the time. Plus on top of that, they will be getting weekly tasks to fix different parts of their day game sets, improve different aspects of their day game. And the important part or the interesting part, these five guys will be getting this program for free. So if you were on the mailing list, you probably solved it, solved it. But if you weren't, then make sure to join it by going to strobert.blog. It is strobert.blog. Join the mailing list and then you will get the very next one weekly email. And if you want to work with me in the USA, get some infield coaching, uh, click on the link in the description, fill the form there. I'll get back to you with all the information. We will hop on a short WhatsApp call so you can ask all the questions to understand if this is the right thing for you. I'll ask a few questions to you to understand you better and see what's the best way I can help you. Guys, thank you for listening and see you in the next podcast episode.